0: Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris and for this season we've partnered up with Under the Radar Magazine. If you like what you hear, You can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this episode, we are joined by the absolutely wonderful Parson James. I hope that you enjoy our chat. Zoom is
1: stuck on Beyonce. <laughs> it's not even just Beyonce. It's her whole name, Beyonce, Beyonce. Giselle, Knowles, Carter. <laughs> I love
0: that at some point you figured out how to do that and like just never turned back. You're like, nope, that's the way.
1: Yeah, (laughs) this is the way. And I honestly, I'm looking all like in all places now and I have no idea how to change it. So that says a lot.
0: That's beautiful. (laughs) It was just, it was a, just a shot of inspiration that you're like, nope, this is where we're going.
1: No, this is it. It was probably just Zoom eight of a day one day. And I was like, we got to shake it up.
0: Oh my god, that's that's beautiful. I love this for you.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad that you're not thrown off by it. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Exactly. It's the little things that get us by this year. This last to years.
0: <laughs> exactly. And like, welcome to my podcast where now we're all Beyonce and we get off on turning our audio interfaces on and off.
1: <laughs> and honestly, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have signed on to anything else.
0: <laughs> i feel like we're all like unwell but like in a really okay way
1: <laughs> oh yeah it's like when people like just say i'm fine and laugh a lot it's yeah just like that every day for yeah like a year and a half <laughs>
0: the maniacal laughter of i'm fine <laughs>
1: yeah and if you if you if you keep saying it you'll believe it
0: exactly exactly it's i i think that the iconic meme is definitely the the dog in the house with the coffee is like just i'm fine oh yeah everything's on fire i'm fine i'm fine
1: <laughs> this is fine absolutely <laughs> has to, it, has to it has to be
0: well thank you for releasing new music during this time i know that it's like an extremely weird time to release music but conversely it's a time when people are like can you please like give us something like
1: nice yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean it is it's so strange i never would have uh, obviously any, no one would have envisioned uh this climate to to release anything but um yeah i mean ah uh, it was it was weird at the beginning of the year it was like vision boards and it was like you know going to drop this stuff and i'm going to tour the world <laughs> 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 like
0: hold on to your vision board just 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 live in your vision board (laughs) yeah you know
1: what you know what something this is so funny and I was talking to friends uh, a few friends of mine my vision board was like fully like tacked onto the wall Uh um but like around like mid-January and then like end of February it kept falling off in the middle of the night and I was like why is (gasps) it continually falling off of the wall it's weird right Man, I was thinking that it was a personal attack to my dreams, <laughs> manifestations, but realistically, it's, it's like a global <laughs> a global health crisis.
0: The omen of the, like, the haunted vision
1: board. <laughs> right. Um, and now I know it's not just me. So I feel okay in that. I was um, say it's yet,
0: a consolation that like all of us were living in the haunted vision board.
1: Right. I think that probably everybody, if you really think back to like, the moments before it was all really going down there's probably something creepy that happened that you're like what was that and it was just like a a hint at what's to come um <laughs> <You didn't like laughs> but yeah I, I,
0: this was the foreshadowing
1: right i um i i'm super you know at first was completely baffled at as to how i would be able to put anything out or find inspiration or work with anybody especially when things were closed down i mean i had you know, so much music uh, that I had finished in the last, like, two years that mm-hmm. um, I was pre- I was prepped to release. And, you know, I got a record deal in the middle of all the pandemic. And okay. um, that wasn't, that was nuts. And Ow. I'm like, well, you know, how am I going to write and, you know, you know, continue the story of the, the, the songs that I've been working on and the project that I've been working on. And somehow it, it just kind of came together. And like, the first single that I put out, you know, in the year of 2020 was one that I wrote in the year of 2020, which was totally unexpected because I was (laughs) expecting to release older material. And, you know, so it's really, um, it's been unpredictable and great.
0: (laughs) It's been, it's been a wild ride. And I, when you were writing during this year, did you find, well, I guess technically last calendar year, I have no sense of time anymore. Um, No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm (laughs) like, what's time? Um, we don't know her. Yeah. (laughs) oh god that was good um did you did you find yourself drawing I can't stop laughing (laughs) I guess did you find yourself drawing on like the themes of um like this year or did you find yourself drawing on previous themes because like you said that you're like how do I write during this situation um and I talked to Um, people that in some ways were paralyzed and in some ways drew on this year and in some ways were like no I want to escape into something else
1: well The pandemic didn't stop me from being a masochist with relationships and love. So I met someone on the day before lockdown. (laughs) (gasps) And um, yeah, we went here. What'd you say?
0: I said way to persevere. That's dedication. Right. Being like, I'm going to torture myself.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I, you know, unknowingly met my muse like (laughs) two days before literally two days before LA decided to fully shut down. And it was kind of lingering in the air that like things were possibly going to close, but it was still yeah. like uncertain. It was like kind of sexy, dangerous. If like yeah. the bars are going to close or not. Yes. And so I went on a, um, a date. I met this guy on an app, uh, wow. and we had our first date. Thank God. It was my, my last you know, going out experience was gay karaoke in West Hollywood. Yes. Um, yes. You know what I'm saying? If There's a way to go. I was like, you?
0: Like, low-key,
1: I'm like, were you at Hamburger Mary's? Oh, my God, no, but I love Hamburger Mary's. We were at um, Revolver Tuesday night. Amazing,
0: amazing. Yeah,
1: Tuesday night karaoke at Revolver was, like, tradition for me and my friends to go. So I was, like, I brought this guy there, and um, we had a magical night, and, you know, ended up, like, really hitting it off, and it was pretty much, like, the day after or something. It was just like, okay, LA's going into a mandatory shut down and he was kind of like, are you going to be, well, we can't see anyone else. So like, should we just like keep hanging out? And I was like, sure, this sounds like a great (laughs) idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, quarantine with a stranger when you can't go to any
0: that was so, i not yeah. one of my friends is joking about exactly that because he was on the apps like the day before lockdown like do i find my quarantine ass like do i find oh, the one
1: oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah the consistent like honestly the world's ending what's going to happen like yeah are we ever going to fornicate again like what is you know what is gonna what is it what's it gonna be yep 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 for me i I, I guess everyone didn't know at that time it was going to be this long, right? <laughs> yeah, we thought it was so, like
0: your, your quarantine ass for like a few weeks, not your quarantine ass for like the rest of eternity in the apocalypse.
1: Exactly. Um, but, you know, me, I you know I, I struggle with one night stands and stuff anyway. So like in the regular world. Mm-hmm. So um, this guy and I just had like this insane, like emotional bond from the jump and it was just kind of, Oh, I don't know. It was inexplicable, still inexplicable to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just how quickly we were able to bond and, you know, he had like a really crazy life experience. You, you learn everything so quickly about people when you're like dating in a quarantine, because there's nowhere to go. You're just like with each other all day. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there was these parallels and he was younger than me, which I never date younger than me usually. Um, but he was younger than me. He, you know, had sexuality issues. He was like, Pretty much had only come out to like friends oh, only wow. in that February. Whoa. In that February. Yeah. So, wow. like, I'm like, you know, this is kind of nuts. I'm like, oh, well, here's my quarantine buddy. Whoa. You know? <laughs> Whoa. You know, all of drug- a sudden
0: you're going on the spirit journey of coming out during quarantine.
1: Exactly. And so I always find myself being far too empathetic. And I, I, I just have experienced this in my like friendships, just all aspects of life my friends always joke that like if we go out you know raging i'll disappear and it's without doubt ashton my real name ashton parsons in the corner uh literally like talking someone through like their their life traumas I'll somehow always attract the person that's like ready to be like hey can I tell you about what my dad did to me but if I was young I'm like oh my god yeah
0: But you um, a, I share my friends call it that I have instead of resting bitch face they call it resting bunny face because I'm the exact same like <laughs> anywhere we are people are like why do people just tell you stuff I'm like I don't know
1: it's <laughs> so wild to me and it's like without fail and I can't say no I'm of course you're like, like I don't
0: want to judge you but like I'm not sure why you're yeah. telling me this but I'll I'll listen <laughs> like,
1: exactly and I mean this happened with this guy I mean I had all the tools and equipment to just go the fuck home and stuff but no I just like I can help him I've been through this already oh. but you know so we felt, felt like pretty hard and so like I said I had all those songs from the year prior that I was just you know we already had the first single ready all that sort of stuff but his um his, his struggle with his view of like self-worth and what sexuality was like the intense, um, negative view that he had on it because of his family and religion Mm -hmm. and all that stuff that like, I really, really related to Mm -hmm. that started like, it started really, really like cutting at me. So like, I'm taking his stuff home, but it's like living, it's living with me because I think that I was being re-exposed to trauma that i thought that i had fully worked through
0: that makes sense that totally makes sense
1: so i found myself like completely wrapped up so you know we'd hook up and then he'd feel bad about it the next day because Uh of this guilt thing and then you know so it was like this push and pull all the time back and forth and and we went to the beach and we got high a lot and i never smoked weed but 2020 i said whatever i'm a pothead um it's and the,
0: you're in Los Angeles. So there, if you don't go through a pothead on the beach phase when you live in LA, like, have you really lived in LA?
1: Yeah, have you? Because I think not. Um, so that's when the idea of like high tide, low tide, which was the first thing I put out this year, uh, 2020, mm-hmm. um, because the tides were coming in and tides were rolling out, and I was high, and I was like, oh my god, this he, you know, he pulls me in so close because he needs me and needs me. He feels safe and secure because, like, to yeah. him, I'm so self self realized, and I, you know, have such comfort with my sexuality or blah 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 blah. like so he feels safe in that and then you know when he acts on something the next day he pulls he pushes me away so it was like a push and pull push and pull and um so that reshaped sort of where I was heading directionally yeah yeah the music I was making and everything down to the sonics because at that point I started feeling like (sighs) I am hurting myself by participating in this um but I also have intense fears of being alone um and i was just pretty honest with myself that it was better for me to like help him and possibly get through to him and maybe get a little hurt along the way than for me to be by myself in the middle of a pandemic um
0: Aww.
1: and so i started you know i listened to a lot of amy winehouse she's tattooed on my arm
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um so i just started kind of feeling you know a, her way of writing where she doesn't blame anyone uh, really she takes blame if she, if she needs to, and she's very honest and blunt. And so I started just being inspired by her a lot. And so when I finally got the chance to go in and work with Colin, who was like one of the only producers working in person, Mm -hmm. I just was kind of communicating to him that I was in this like space of like being very inspired by, um, Amy and especially the, you know, I'm no good record. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's where like the Sonics and stuff came from uh, mm. with the first single, and so yeah. To answer your question, after all that lengthy explanation, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> I gathered my writing inspiration from um, being a masochist and yeah, quarantine love. That was that was that was my that was come. my thing. Yeah.
0: Well, It's interesting that you were talking about that, like essentially when you're with someone that's going through a trauma that you thought that you had resolved, it sometimes does open up your trauma again, but also it can help you heal your trauma conversely to help someone else with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's something to be said about that. Um, I feel like there's a little codependency there, which I always thought codependency meant that I'm depending on someone like, I need you, I need you, I need you just solely, but there's also you making yourself a codependent for another person. So you can yes. maybe, you know, work, maybe you can work through their problems. So you don't have to hyper-focus on your own. Um,
0: exactly, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I, I'm like, what was, I'm so curious. I'm like, is he okay? Are you okay?
1: Like, are, okay. So, are y'all okay? You know, and, 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 you know, here it is like at a certain point, uh, he completely starts coming out of his shell and you know he starts to get so comfortable with himself and he posted a photo of us on his Instagram and he he told me that it was the first time that he had ever posted a picture with a gay person before because he was scared that people would know and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff he started growing and growing and growing into himself and then um he got to a place where I think that he's like, well, I don't know what I like. And what if I like need to explore? And I've never had like a phase where I got to like, blah, 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 blah. So I was pretty much like, go do your thing. I I mean, for me personally, I, you know, fell really, really, really hard. We both did. We were, we were very much codependent on each other um, in an unhealthy way. It was like an obsession, I think on both sides where he, he put me in this like, this place where I was like had it all figured out which I fucking don't at all um but to him I did and mm-hmm. for me I just you know saw someone that I really really just saw parts of myself and I really loved and nurtured and whatever but mm-hmm. I also am adult enough to be like if you're curious like this and thinking that you need to bounce around and stuff I'd much rather that be the case than me dating you and then you cheat on me because then Yes, it's pretty unforgettable <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no one like me. <clears throat> so I mean He's okay. He's um, I don't know. He I talked to him infrequently. I had to put a boundary there, uh, because you know he started seeing someone and that's fine, but I think that he was unable to let me go and he was trying to like keep both in the place, and it just wasn't working on both sides, which is for me fine, like completely, totally cool. But I think that he just can't handle the stress of like if he's hurting me or if he's hurting the other person, it's just too much to keep up with, and I'm like. I'm busy, so
0: <laughs> it sounds like your baby bird flew the nest and that at some point you will you will reconvene and it sounds like we'll you yeah. in a much better place.
1: I I did like stop not like intentionally, I just like have you know, you put the boundary up and I just stepped back and he was getting really upset about me not responding like I used to or like our humor not being the same, but it just you know, you can't yeah. you, can, you can't. I'm I'm respectful of know he's dating someone if if the way that we text and our humor and stuff if i saw that with my partner with another person i wouldn't like it so i'm not going to be that person
0: and i appreciate that because it sounds like actually that is demonstrating to him like what healthy relationships are and for your peace of mind as well so that that Mm -hmm. way like wow i had this experience and it's so interesting like in the microcosm of quarantine it's almost like you went through like several years experience but like hyper condensed
1: right Yeah, exactly. It was definitely a season and (laughs) I will, (laughs) at the end of it, as much clarity as I have on the situation, it did affect me negatively. Like I definitely started, you know, just maybe not being so kind to my mind after, because then you just, Uh regardless, you know, it's like, okay, so we, you know, we set, we set one free. (laughs) Right. Um, but like, what, what about me now? You know, so where do I fall? Where do I stand? Uh, you know, you start questioning self-worth and all sorts of crazy stuff that like love will do to you. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely did. I, I spiraled a little bit for sure. Um, but a good thing about me is that I'm so aware of what I'm doing. Um, and I don't like to live in those places. Like I don't like to mm-hmm. stay wrapped up in that stuff. So I'm the first one to like ask for help or to tell someone like, oh my God, I did this and I can't do that. Let's make sure we don't do that. You know, yep. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah.
0: it's funny that I'm like, okay, we're talking about like rescuing other people. And I'm like, I want aliens to rescue me. I'm um, very, <laughs> <curious>. <laughs> yeah.
1: um... at a certain point, <laughs> <laughs> you're born in, you're born in Ray's Valley.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Wow. Like, we
0: want to see it. 100% Valley girl. My my mom lived in West Hollywood as a kid. Like, my parents were born and raised here, too. And so, like, I just moved to the neighborhood where my nana lived. When I moved back from college, I was like, I want to live, live in West Hollywood. And, like, it's the perfect place for a tiny Jewish girl. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, I
1: live, uh, I live almost to like almost in the valley i'm like the border of studio city and hollywood
0: oh that's a great spot there's also one of my friend's studios is up there like up on like fredonia kind of above like the oh yeah 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 Yeah. i
1: live like i live on the opposite side so my place is behind universal city so if i walk out on my street like i can see the back of the universal lot
0: nice okay you're behind the creepy minion I hate that thing whenever I'm driving to my friend's house (laughs) (laughs) I love how that's my landmark I'm like oh good you don't have to look at the minion
1: I left California in November to see Uh, my mom in Florida and I just never came back
0: (laughs) I mean I low-key don't blame you right now
1: (laughs) yeah I'm hearing that I'm gathering that
0: it's it's a little it's a little zesty i'm actually really excited because i at a at 115 today i get to go to vons and get my first dose of the vaccine
1: oh my goodness so wait how does that work
0: um well i am a direct healthcare worker technically because i'm a licensed therapist i've been seeing all of my clients remotely since march um but since the rollout was so slow like they started offering doses to like any direct healthcare worker even if you haven't been like in a facility because like otherwise literally the doses they ordered will go bad
1: whoa okay yeah so I've had a few (laughs) friends get the vaccine so far um my stepdad is a doctor here in Florida and then
0: and obviously I'm still gonna like wear my mask and distance and do all the things because they don't know if you can still accidentally like carry it
1: yeah exactly Um, and Yeah, it's funny because the neighbors that the neighbors that got these vaccines, they live with each other, and one got yeah, and one got Moderna and one got Pfizer, so they're like in competition to see. Oh my god, I love that! They're like their own science
0: experiment. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so funny.
0: I'm glad that you did get to work on stuff before you left. Like, are you working on stuff remotely right now? Like, are you doing writing sessions remotely? Or I guess, like, what are you up to?
1: Um. So I got to work on a lot of stuff last like so in the end of 2020. Um pretty much in preparation for the holidays because I didn't know what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. I pretty much have been just working with this one producer, Colin Britton, who did the first single and my next single that's gonna come out in very soon, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um so we got a lot of material done like uh and like I told you before, I had like a collection of songs that I was already like piecing together for um an ep a two-part ep actually and mm-hmm. so now that i'm not there anymore any anymore the, the the focus is pretty much production so that can be done from afar because colin can work on that and we can just go pass this back and forth and i make notes and add instruments and that sort of stuff that i don't need to be there for um i have realized that i hate zoom writing sessions yes um i've done a few i've tried my best um it's just working with new people. I'm not against it. Right. Like I'll say yes, if it's like really interesting or something, but um, to write with someone that you've never met before through a zoom uh, trying to get like an idea to stick as like, people are like talking back and forth um, and like hearing people and like having the music play from the producer. And like, it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> it's, uh, yeah,
0: it's. I would much rather trade things back and forth. Like that's what I've been doing with people I've collaborated with because it's too. I don't know if you find it this way, but it feels somehow overwhelming and underwhelming, like at the same time.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. I had a really magical session. Um, that I'm. I posted about it, so I could say, but like the literal legendary Rob Thomas. Oh my! Uh, God. Yeah. I don't know how it, how it happened. I'm still shook to my core, but, um, yeah, his people had reached out and like, he was interested in working with me and I was, I was assuming it was going to be for his project Mm -hmm. or something that he was working on, but he was very much interested in working with me for my project. So like, uh, yeah, we had a zoom session with Rob and he had like literally Research all my music he kind of had he came in right away with like two ideas and vibes you know that were like polar opposites and wow. that was like we got two songs in like an hour and a half oh
0: maybe my God.
1: um but it's you know it was rob thomas and it was the 20th anniversary of his song with santana cool uh coming out or reaching number one so it was like a very magical zoom day that's the one magical zoom i've had
0: you know that like makes up it sounds like for all of the other zooms
1: I think so. Yeah, it, it does. Um, Cause there oh. were some bad ones. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Um, Cause like trying to, even when you're writing with someone, like I'm so glad that you mentioned that like he did his research on your work. Um, yeah. It, like kind of created, like you said, like two different ideas, really different vibes. Cause like sometimes it's cool to go in with like a blank slate, but it's really nice when people actually like listen to what it is
1: you do? Oh my God, it makes all the difference. I, I mean, I do that and I I don't write for, um, I, I did do a Zoom for another artist this two times this year, uh, last year, so again, time, who is she? Um, <laughs> I, I did and I researched, like, I heavily just like, went all the way through and I know like, of course as an artist it's like, maybe they don't wanna repeat what they've done in the past, but I could at least get like some, you know, Groundwork of what they've done and like how to expand upon it. And you know, talk. Yeah. yeah, I love talking. So, like, I love, you know, if you're working with an artist, for me, talking and really getting a conversation out and then like what they're going through, what we're going through at the moment or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it really helps if you, sometimes people walk in the room and it's just like, let's do a disco record. And you're like, um, uh, <laughs> <who>? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's like, I love that. Oh, like, right.
0: what gives you the impression I would do a disco record?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, people, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. But yeah, so, I mean, since I've been with my family, um, it's been a lot of just, there's been about like nine, eight versions of the next single. So going back and forth on production with that and like getting artwork ready and ideas for, you know, the visuals mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of seeing what live performance is going to look like, which is still kind of up in the air, but have virtual ideas, a uh, uh, virtual show coming up and yeah, just like trying to stay consistent. I'm going to have to go back to LA um, sooner than later to because I feel inspired to write a bit more right now,
0: Mm -hmm. so Mm
1: -hmm. I want to get back into that space, and then I think mid-year, my plan is to get to Nashville, um, Mm. transition out of LA into Nashville.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah. You can try all the different writing cities, see which one suits you.
1: Yeah, I love Nashville, and I don't love LA right now, so I feel- Ah! (laughs) normally normally I'd be offended but right now I'm like not offended I've been I've been I've been there for four years and I don't know if it's brought the best out of me or not I I actually it's not it's definitely not brought the best out of me uh so I was in New York for like eight years prior to being in LA um and yeah I don't know I don't know it's not cut out for everyone I guess
0: it's a very I don't think I've ever been somewhere like LA, and I didn't realize how unique LA was uh, having grown up here. It's like I didn't have the perspective outside of LA. Um, and then when I traveled more, especially as like a teenager and as a young adult, um, I really understood just how particular <laughs> my hometown was. <Yeah. laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and strange and yeah. multifaceted and magical and terrible. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's definitely yeah. it's and it hits you differently at different parts of your life too like I definitely did notice like even my own perspective on it shift as I've gone through different times of my own life
1: yeah I can imagine I mean y'all are unicorns though you know the ones that are born and raised there <laughs> um true no, it's true it's true and in the best way possible Um,
0: I thought a lot when people are like oh my god you're from here no wonder and I'm like what does that mean
1: (laughs) (laughs) wait it's like wait what is that (laughs) Uh. I mean that's I I mean I think that'd be more good than bad you know I'm from South Carolina and people if I say that they're like okay (laughs) 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 all right (laughs) they're like um so Myrtle you know, Myrtle Beach. Okay. <laughs> right, right. That's like their
0: reference point. And they're like, okay, I got one. I got one reference point in there. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> when you were talking about, especially like the interpersonal workings of helping someone through the coming out process, because what you were talking about sparked in my mind that you do do a lot of advocacy work. And like, now we've talked about like how you've been creative during this time, but I'm like, have you actually been doing some of like the advocacy work that you normally would do but like now because everything's obviously digital it's like what are you doing in that space how's that working out? yeah
1: <clears throat> so i've you know of course this it's been it's been difficult to show up obviously it's been impossible to show up in the way that i usually would um yeah so love loud is a foundation that i've been working with for three years um that's supporting lgbtq youth um started out in the utah area and was very like hyper focused on the mormon faith um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, it was started up by Dan Reynolds, and I was unaware at the time that I got introduced to it that um, Utah had, like, had, well, it did have the highest rate of suicide in the nation, and it was yeah. all these kids that were, like, 13, even younger, Um, and it was, you know, they're cast out of the church because of their sexuality or how mm-hmm. they identify yeah. and whatnot, and I was so, like, shaken and shocked by that because I had no idea... I really didn't know much about Mormon faith at all. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in you know, like I said, South Carolina, it was very Baptist driven and not even, I think there was maybe one Catholic church where I was from, but so it was very rooted in like Baptist, Presbyterian, and, you know, Pentecostal, that sort of thing. So I just mm-hmm. had no awareness about what was going on in, in that faith. So it, it, it really, um, it shook me and, It shook me because I experienced all those same things Mm. just in a different, you know, region and a different, you know, within a different church. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I became a part of that board and traveled, you know, traveled there very frequently doing workshops and uh, directly working with kids and working with people and individuals that, you know, uh, were going through all this, you know, judgment and helping, you know, them tap into safe spaces and, you know, we built a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, homes in there, uh, in, in Utah. And so that's, that's very rewarding because clearly that's something you get to see in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, and you get to like, you know, be on site and there for them and make those connections. Um, so this year was challenging. You know, it's one of those things that probably aided in me being a little, a little more sad than usual <laughs> cuz you feel uh help, helpless right um cuz you know that the, the struggling it's only probably intensifying for these people now that there's no connection to any you know anyone in person There's we we can't show up in the same ways but um i found outlets there's um a few things i've done um, i did you know a virtual panel mm-hmm. for glad this year um focused on you know people of color in the boutique community. Uh, I uh, participated in a a mental health chat. It was called The Green Room. Uh, Do you know The Green Room?
0: I do. (laughs) Okay,
1: so yeah. Jenna Jenna is like one of my favorite humans in the world. Um, And she's been a friend of mine for so long. So bringing mental health into the conversation and being public about that It's still advocacy. It is advocacy, you know, uh, for me to use my platform and to be so upfront and honest about things that people five years ago just weren't comfortable seeing their, you know, favorite artists talk about, or or maybe label heads weren't comfortable hearing their artists on their roster talk about. Um, I feel privileged and honored to be able to just be so open and speak about it. And every single time that I use the platform for that reason, uh, Someone's affected. You know, it could be ten DMs, or it could be you know a thousand, right? But like someone heard something and they felt less alone. Yeah. By me, you know, taking the initiative to choose opportunities to have those stories shared, and uh, you know, to help you know help people feel included in the conversation, and to show up and be honest because God, like we're all struggling this year, and in, in, in particular, it's so. It was, it was just, it's been so difficult for, for everyone. Uh, So yeah, I've just been showing up in the ways that I've been able to.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you were talking about, especially like having kind of the experience of like re-experiencing your own trauma, essentially like helping someone with theirs, um, like that happens a lot. And, oh God, when you were talking about how isolated everyone was like with no things, when you were speaking particularly about people who, haven't come out or people who don't have support for that, like I saw that so much in my clinical practice of just like, everyone was stuck in the situation they were in. So you can't reach out to those safe spaces. And so speaking out online has been so incredibly important so that people know like, hey, even if you're physically stuck in the situation, like you're not alone.
1: Right. Um, it's important to, it's important to reiterate. And it's, it's I did do check-ins pretty frequently uh, yep. throughout the year. And mainly, you know, a lot of the time I was doing those check-ins was when I needed to be checked in with, like, myself. Uh, Like I said before, I don't like to sit and wallow, though it is okay to have those moments where you just feel sad, Mm -hmm. you just feel down, or you just feel whatever, but, like, those moments... When I feel that way, I immediately want to say something. Like, I am okay, this is, you know, I feel this way. Someone else, many people are feeling this way. Let me just like make a post with my shirt off. And it's the biggest fear of my fucking world, of my life to take my shirt off. But I'll do this because somebody out there needs to hear that they are beautiful, right? Oh. Even though I don't believe it in this very moment, then I'll do it now. And that's a fear lifted. And that's me connecting with other people that feel this way. And we have this like connection and unity now we all feel this way and we are all beautiful so you know the moments that I feel completely nearly dismantled by an anxiety or crippling fear or um an insecurity or something like that I try my best and I'm not always on top of it but I try my best to take an initiative to speak immediately on it
0: I was gonna say in essence those are the moments at which you're most vulnerable and those are the times when like it's the greatest risk but greatest reward for connection
1: right exactly um oh. and like I, I haven't talked about this yet but I find it there's stigma all around it and whatnot too but this year given we had so much free time yes um <laughs> I free time you know, I ex- <laughs> <laughs> right I exited um I exited that situation that I was in and mm-hmm. like I said I, w- I was kind of left like w- the wells run dry You know, I think at a certain point you can be only so empathetic before like, you know, or take on so many, so much before you're just like weighed down. It's like, you can physically feel it weighing on you and then there's nothing left for you. Yeah. That person is off. He's, he's a bit more realized because, you know, I've helped guide him, but I've not taken care of myself in that process. So what ends up happening is that, you know, I start turning to just behaviors or whatever that make me not so kind to my own mind and I got to a place where I was like I don't like this anymore you know Mm -hmm. I've been just taking so much from other people taking it on and I've not been given anything and so I got to this place where I was like I don't I don't want to continue to feel this way and I don't want to like you know, drink too much or eat too much or whatever I have to do in order to feel good, like to fill voids. And so I reached out to everyone around me, like in terms of my close circle, I was like mom, uh, best friend, uh, management, mm-hmm. um, publicist, whatever. I, and I was like, look, I, I have to go get some help somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to go into a trauma treatment program uh, not long ago, actually, uh, December.
0: Wow. I'm so proud of yeah. you for doing that and for reaching out for that. I'm like, I want to give you a hug, but I am far away. <laughs> very arms.
1: That is awesome. uh, Thank you. Yeah, it was
0: fantastic. How was your experience of
1: it? It was really remarkable and really challenging. There's a few things that I got out of the whole experience. I'm always thinking on a wider scale or whatnot, but um, the part of the experience of like actively finding a place that was, affordable even with insurance right um that process yeah that process opened my eyes to like how many people are struggling and like how difficult it is to get proper treatment what get proper help um yeah. yeah that's going to that's going to that's going to be quality right because I'm lucky enough to be a person that has insurance not everyone has insurance. Or I could afford the excess like costs or whatever. Um, it got me so frustrated before going that like it was a, such that difficult of a process and that expensive of a process, right? Yeah. Um, so ultimately I found, you know, I got I got my weight in there. Um, but that stuck to me. And it's something that I said that after I get out, I just want to talk about that. I wanna make sure that I speak on the like need for there to be some sort of change and to make mental health a priority and to make that accessible to more people than it is right now, uh, the treatment. mental health
0: things. provider, I wholeheartedly agree with you.
1: Right. <laughs> like, it's 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 baffling <laughs> it, to me.
0: It is. I mean, I do think that like, obviously people in all spheres should be compensated for their time and their efforts, whether you're in a healing sphere, a creating sphere, an accounting sphere, whatever it is you do, it's like money is our medium of energy change. So like, cool. Like that's a great way of showing someone like, hey, you gave me your energy. I'm giving you some energy back. But like, it should be accessible to people and it should be covered in healthcare. And also, hello, universal healthcare would love that for us. We're literally the only developed <laughs> country that doesn't have it. Um, God, I know. And it's like, it's a nightmare because like, I mean, I work as a therapist and now, I mean, I've always been an advocate for like available mental health, but this whole experience showed me like you, like our system is very broken. (laughs) People need more mental health. It's an absolute priority. Um,
1: Priority. And and, yeah, it just shows how fragile we all are to like the strongest, and you know, the strongest friends or whatnot, you know, they always say that though, I guess, so you check on your strongest friend, but I, yeah, I think that we all have seen just how fragile us as human beings are in this in this year when faced with something so overwhelming
0: yeah and it's like like you said check on your strong friends it's like we have to look out for one another it's interesting though what you said about like checking into a trauma care because I think that a lot of people don't even know that that's a resource that you can even access like that to me even shows like how much Mm. resources aren't accessible because people know that there's obviously like Rehab for addiction treatment,
1: but I don't
0: think that people know often that there is actually like there are programs for trauma recovery as well.
1: Yeah, like trauma specific. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I knew that, but and I knew that because I had helped another friend find um like find a place like a few years back, and I guess because again, like I'm you know I'm so wrapped up in like trying to save the world all the time uh, (laughs) that. I forgot about this place that you know that i suggested to him and he <laughs> reminds me that <laughs> he reminded me when i was talking he was like why why, why are you not why are you not calling and i was like oh my god you're right they oh my god it, it was like, <laughs> kind of, um, like feedback loop <laughs> yeah so you know what it was really frightening and it was you know uh a big step to take to go and address stuff because you know i address I think I have been coping through writing and I've been coping through keeping busy and moving and just not stopping. Like, I feel like over the last 10 years, I've, you know, been just in this like head down, look forward, you know, way of living that like so much has been thrust into my subconscious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I hadn't, because in my head, I had no time to give that energy. But I'd be lying if I haven't th- those cracks over the years, like they come they they they've been there. like and there's moments that I, oh shit, what was that? You know, <laughs> oh, God, what was that? You know, and there's yeah. just certain things that like begin to be incapable of hiding at a certain point. And I um, yeah, I just I had this time. You know, there was this period of time that I could do it. and I was like, I have to do it because. Mm-hmm. I need to show up for myself in this way before I could ever have the wherewithal or c- capacity to show up for anyone else. That's in life, family, love, like music, all of it. Um, because, you know, I love what I do so much. It's the fiber of my being. It's what I I, I can't imagine another thing that I could do. Um, but I have to kind of be real with myself. Uh and address, address things, uh, you know, but or else I won't be able to do this, you know? I, 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 yeah. So be- before it got there, I was like, let's just go check in. And it was remarkable. I mean, you meet people that, you know, are going through such heavy, immense things. Um, but everyone is like wanting to, you know, figure it out and push through and feel better. Mm-hmm. Um but it's hard work. I mean, where I went was like 12 hours, 10 hours, um, 10, 10 to 12 hours of therapy, like a day. Um, and it was spread out. It wasn't, obviously. Uh, and it was experiential. And it was, I don't know, I, I figured some things out that I never, I could have never connected the dots to. Wow. That explained so much and gave me a lot of clarity. That's and amazing. You, yeah, and I met some people that I'm going to know for the rest of my life and I you know you leave there with these with tools and understanding and um, it's not like a quick fix or anything it's you know you have to like check in with yourself and implement these tools in your life all the time because um, it's hard yeah you know, I've been through a lot of trauma there's no way that like the first 10-12 years of my life that much trauma that I experienced can just disappear <laughs> you know it's not it's not that it's you know it's working through it and that's uh, I personally. Um, I want to always be checking in with myself and be real with myself and address it when I feel it.
0: Well, that sounds like you kind of gave yourself the gift that you were like giving to other people, helping them. And I'm like, that's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I didn't have a phone for the whole time. And I love that. (laughs)
0: like that as the like postscript you're like I gave myself the gift of like really tending to my own self and taking care of my trauma and also I got to throw my phone into the sea
1: yeah literally (laughs) oh and I didn't want I did not want it back either most all of us were like no (laughs) Yep.
0: yep it's interesting that you bring that up because that is one of the things that even though we are so isolated at the same time I found myself um Slowly but surely, like taking notifications off of most of my apps, um, oh, yeah. and just like I have certain times when I do check them. Um, like it's not that I want to ignore people, but it's like I would rather like check my texts and my DMs and stuff on my own time. I have it set to like, you know, that like emergency mode that if someone like on my list double calls me, like if they'll get through to me. But like, yeah, and that I don't want to be continually reminded of things um, because it's very well not
1: not this (laughs) you know last year was like a lot it was just yeah then the that was just just too constant it was too constant it was like it was like beating us up you know the amount of information and misinformation and like that was so dangerous I just had to yeah I've cut my notifications off years ago so good move I don't
0: solid move I even go on
1: no I was gonna say my phone is on silent all the time You know, I'm a yeah, I'm a nightmare with returning (laughs) phone calls. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, but when I'm locked in, I'm locked in like you know.
0: Well, it helps uh, yeah, what you just said, it helps me be more present with what I'm doing. Like for instance, I wouldn't want to have a bunch of notifications pop up when I'm in session, either writing, recording or in therapy, it's like all of those things are things that I'm going to be wanting to pay my full attention to. Same thing when I'm recording the podcast, like my phone is like in the other room on airplane mode. It's like, I wanna be present for what it is that I'm doing. And like, especially the news alerts last year, it's just like, it it puts you into like fight or flight mode in every moment. Anytime an alert pops up on your phone, you're like, what fresh like, what is that? awaits me. <laughs> like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Gosh, that that was that was I had to stop. I couldn't do it. I like had to like shift my, you know, I had to shift. Let's only watch Tiger King that has nothing to do with COVID. Let's watch, you know, Little Fires Everywhere. I was like just distract distracting myself with great television. TikTok was great. Oh god, I love it's TikTok all, so much. It's so fucking funny that like <laughs> I don't know. It's it's become an obsession though. I need to, um, I need to figure out a way. I need to just start putting my phone away at night because I already don't sleep that well, but I'm just like up until two, just like cackling. (laughs) Like TikTok videos. These kids, these kids are hilarious. Like there's nothing funnier than them.
0: They are, they are the best. Like before I was a therapist, I tutored for years. And so I was constantly like, spending time with teenagers working on homework and test prep and all sorts of stuff um and the interesting thing is like when you hang out with teenagers as an adult like one everyone's always like oh my god I still feel like a teenager and I'm like no 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 no, no, no. you're you're actually not um like one you realize you're <laughs> a teenager um but like two you realize just how like hysterically funny teenagers are and yeah, so
1: their like, humor and like the darkest shit mom. like finding humor yeah that's that's oh a gift
0: <laughs> it is gen z i like i love gen z and i know that they're just like okay whatever elder millennial and i'm like no no, no. here like let me give you water to keep you hydrated like just like yeah <laughs> <Let's keep going. laughs> I'm like, I'll be on oh your work crew because like low-key I'm a tired millennial, but like here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're, they're good. We oh need my them.
0: god. I'm really, I'm looking forward to hearing though like what comes out of this year because it is a debate. Like when you're talking about that the art that you took in was not about COVID. Um, it's almost like when you have a historic event, do people write about that historic event? Do people want to actually see art about it later? Like mm. It's almost like how people then incorporated 9-11 into art but much later it's like when i don't know i don't know if we're gonna have like a COVID art phase
1: i wonder um i in the middle of it all i felt like i didn't want to hear that um that's just me i didn't want to hear about what we were living through at that moment yeah or what we're still living through um but I don't know. I think there will, there, there's gonna, there's gonna have to be. There were a few, there were a few, like, you know, fun, cute songs. I think I saw, like, Fuck 2020 was one I heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, when I, like, one of my friends, Julia Michaels, she put out Beautiful If the World Was Ending, which I just Mm -hmm. think, I think that was just timed, right? And, you know, that was just such a gorgeous love song, and uh, that, that was, that was amazing. (sighs) I think there, there's going to have to be some sort of, Surge of that, and it might not be so on the nose. Yeah, um, but maybe you know, for me, I you know, I've been tapping into the feelings of um, the you know the questioning of myself, like the the checking in with myself, and like oh, I didn't know this that before, and like deep rooted things. So like maybe for me, the writing that will come out of this period of time is more just self-realization. Cause yeah. Um and you know, I, I don't know how much I'm gonna write about I don't think I'm gonna write much more about quarantine day anymore. Um <laughs> I feel uh, like
0: yeah, I was gonna say it feels like that might be as weird as this sounds like a subterranean experience that will probably like color things, but that isn't gonna be like the main focus.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely not the main focus. Does not deserve that. Um but it, for me, I think that even things that I experienced years prior to 2020, I'm looking at in a new, with a new lens, um, because I've had this time to be alone. Being alone is the hardest thing in the world for me. The scariest thing in the world, sleeping alone, being alone, like, um, and I've had to, you know, I've had to do it. I've had to do it in a big way. I've had to learn to sleep at my house by myself sometimes, you know,
0: yeah. And yeah.
1: I've had to learn how to just be okay with, you know, who I am. If it was just me in, in this body, it's like, this is me. Like I have to be okay with this person. And the way that I viewed love and relationships and heartache and like disappointment, betrayal, um, just gin general, like just general, like general heartache, I guess. It feels different now um, mm. after experiencing time with myself. Whereas I never would have given myself the benefit of the doubt before to say you're worthy of better than this. You're you're you you, sh- you should be selfish or even know how to be selfish, um, or you know, honestly, being very vocal about needs. Yeah. Because I'm always so worried about hurt hurting someone's feelings. Yeah. Um, and I learned I learned a lot about how important it is to, you know, have boundaries and respect for yourself. So I mean, for me, my what I'm what I'm gathering out of the 2020 writing process or whatever, it's just how my views have shifted. That 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 will come yeah. into my, my, my future writing. Um I don't know if I'll be writing about sitting on the couch. <laughs> <and building. laughs> And 1 p.m. curfews.
0: Oh, my God. God. It's almost like, I mean, it sounds like in a way you kind of psychologically got to like build a nest in yourself and be like, oh, I'm actually I get to build a home in my own body and my own experience. And like, it almost reminds me of like little crustaceans where it's like they get to carry their homes with them. Like I was thinking during this time, because there were parts where I was potted with friends. um, And then there were parts where I wasn't. And like, I do live alone. And I just kind of like had it in my mind of like, this is when I like craft my little snail shell that I can like take my home with me anywhere because I am my home. Um, and that, yeah, that can be really exactly. powerful. And then going forward, it's probably going to change like all of your like all of your relationships and your writing in the after times. I'm like, welcome, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> like- <Yeah. laughs> but yeah. everything's gonna be different
1: <laughs> yeah you know I um yeah I'm thankful I'm thankful for a lot of the year like I am um I'm 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 I'm, 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 I'm finding like true grace for what I personally experienced in the last year yeah. um and yeah it's going to inform everything looking forward uh you know I'm excited I mean I don't know what love and that sort of stuff is going to look like for me but I just I know now that I'm not going to be doing the same old bullshit there at you least go. There <laughs> you <go>. I can <laughs> that's something to look forward to
0: <laughs> I was like at least it's not like well what's the definition of insanity like doing the same thing over and over again I was Yeah, was like, yeah, hey, yeah 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 it's cool yeah, you're trying something new like I literally I'll have to (laughs) you never know like at the very least like I mean that's why humans are scared of change is that we're we're at the very least used to like the same bad thing but we're like if we do something different we don't know if it's going to be good or bad and I'm like oh how exciting (laughs) what
1: what a thrill what a thrill
0: (laughs) (gasps) oh my gosh thank you so much for being so generous with your time today like I really appreciate you
1: oh thank you no it's been incredible this is great
0: Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the Podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website you can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.
1: (laughs) i <laughs>